series right now called Legacy Eyes on Eternity. And just in honor of God's Word, we're going to read that together. I was reading in my Bible this week and felt like this, this particularly jumped off the page to me, uh, especially thinking about eyes on eternity. And it's in Colossians chapter 3, uh, verse 1. If you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. That was good, I said, but if you're ready for God's Word, say, I'm ready. All right, this is what Colossians chapter 3, verses 1, it has to say, it says this, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Now think about that guy in the first service. Literally raised to new life in Christ. We're going to be a church that's loud about that. We're going to be a church that's loud about the name of Jesus, that we're going to celebrate new life. We're going to celebrate new life because of what Jesus has done. So we're going to be loud about Jesus today. Everybody can be, can we do that together? All right. So so since you've been raised to new life with Christ, watch what it says, set your sights on the realities of heaven, your eyes on eternity, right? Where, Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you died to this life and your real life has been hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all of his glory. I love that. And I looked at the message paraphrase and I want to read that with us this is not a word for word it's a paraphrase the NLT obviously that 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 version is but I liked how this put this kind of put some more perspective around I'm gonna read that for us this is what it says so if you're serious about living this new resurrection life come on somebody right with Christ act like it somebody shout act like it but act like it right pursue the things over which Christ presides Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, right? No, no, no. Our eyes are on eternity, okay? Absorbed with the things right in front of you, but look up. Somebody shout, look up. And be alert to what is going on around Christ. I love that so much. Not around you. Not what's necessarily happening in your world, in your landscape, in the life that you're living. But hey, listen, look at what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. Come on, somebody, right? And then you need to see things from his perspective. That's what we're going to try and do today. And uh, we're going to talk about this, just this idea of the eye test, the eye test. And I don't know about anybody out there uh, just got bad eyesight. Come on, wave at me right now. I think some of us in the room, we got some bad eyesight. We talked about it a few weeks ago. We'll talk about it a little bit more today. But I'm believing that the Holy Spirit is going to speak to us as only he can today. Anybody else expecting that today? I hope you walked in this room with some expectation. If not, let's ratchet that up together, all right? Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you for today. God, we honor you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. I pray today that you would get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise for everything that happens in this place. In Jesus' mighty, powerful, awesome, magnificent name that we pray. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Once you high-five your neighbor and say, I'm glad you came to church today. I'm glad you came to church today. And you guys can have a seat. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. You can have a seat. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Just honored that you would be at church today. And um, man, you picked a great Sunday. It's a, uh, we're in the middle, kind of right at the tail end of this series that we've been calling Legacy, Eyes on, et- on Eternity. Excuse me. And I want to ask real quick, again, I just asked a second ago, and I want you to, I want to participate. I want everybody to wave at me. How many of y'all got some terrible eyesight? Come on, wave at me. All right, I got you. I'm with you. Um, how many of y'all are 2020 vision? Anybody out there? We don't like you right now. All right, everybody got the problem with their eyes. I, I, I told you a few weeks ago, like I am legally blind without my contacts in. Like I'm negative 875 and both my eyes like need some surgery, uh, but my glasses are like as thick as the front doors at this church. I'm telling you, like, like it is, they are thick. And so 
I think about that, and I, I, I've, I've actually, over the last couple of weeks, I had an appointment scheduled to my our, our uh, local little uh, eye appointment place. Clarks and I care, which we had a uh, Miss Kendall was in the first service, and and she is actually uh, uh, works up there. She's been buzzing me up about hey, because I canceled one of my eye exams. All right, I canceled it, and I keep getting hit over and over and over again. But y'all, I don't know about something about the eye doctor. Does anybody like that kind of doctor? Because I do. Okay, I guess my favorite doctor to go to. Anybody there? Like anybody? I like the in your eye. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Nobody likes that? Who does not like that? Okay, I'm the only one. Sounds good. Okay, so like, I really like that. Like, I don't know if it's a Christmas tree or if it's a house, you know, in the long distance. You know what I'm talking about? Like when your eyes are up against that thing. And, and uh, I, I just love going to the eye doctor. I, I really do. And I get in there, and I love that part where like I'm walking in, and you know, on the wall, they already got like some of the letters, you know what I'm saying? I'm peeking to make sure I'm knowing what's coming. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody else? So you peeking around just making sure before they ask me to take my contacts out and all of that. I'm making sure, okay, I'm going to memorize E-Z-L. Okay, cool. I'm going to try and get the best score, right? That's because I'm competitive in one of those things. But I love it when the doctor comes in and they'll put that big machine up to your face, a little, you know, thingamabobber that's there, and it's got all the little circles and the, the lines. And then all of a sudden it'll go like this. Okay, now tell me which one's better, one or two. Anybody been there? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then they'll go like this. Okay, three or four. Come on, somebody, right? Like that. I love that. I love an eye test. I love going and get my eyes checked. And, and again, maybe it's because I am so blind that I need my contacts and I need them to be really good. But I don't know what it is. I, I love that. And I think what I want to just do with us today, some of you have heard kind of this idea of what we've been talking about over the last few weeks of eyes on eternity. I think we have to give ourselves a good eye test today. I think we've got to stop for just a second and not just a, a physical eye test. We need to give ourselves a spiritual eye test. And that's what we're going to do today. Uh, as we talk about this week, the eye test. And I, I want to just let you know that, again, if you go throughout the Bible and you read the Bible, one of my jobs uh, as, as a pastor and what, what a pastor's job is a lot throughout the Bible is that you, and like, I'm supposed to be a shepherd. A shepherd. Ultimately, Jesus is the chief shepherd of this church, okay? I want you all to know that. Your boy's going to fail you. I'm going I'm to fall short very uh, a lot of times, uh, uh, quite a bit, honestly. But I want you to know that Jesus is the chief shepherd, but my job is to help just shepherd you and guide you throughout your life. And so again, I want to just kind of start off with that because I need you to know that as we even talked about over the last couple weeks, as we talked about last week, that really there are two parts to your life, right? There's this life that you're going to live here on earth and there's a life that you're going to live in eternity. And most of what we talk about in church does it not affect a lot of what we're going through right now, right? Kind of what we just read. Like we got our eyes on things that are going on around us. We got things that we're working through together here here on earth, but I believe that as part of my job as well as your pastor is to just encourage you and let you know that the truth is, is that most of your life is not actually going to take place on this earth, but the vast majority of your life is actually in eternity, and it's in eternity, and so part of my job is to get you prepped and prepared for eternity, because this is what I want all of us to know. One day, we are going to stand before God, that one day you and I are going to stand before God, and we're going to give an account for our life, Romans 14 actually says it a little bit like this. If you're ready for some more words, say, I'm ready. This is what it says, Romans 14, verses 10. 
It says, why do you condemn another believer? What's Paul writing there? He's saying, hey, why are you worried about how they're living? Don't worry about them. Come on. Let's take our own exam. Let's take our own test today. Let's look at our own life. Worry about you. Why, why do you look down on another believer, the Bible says? So, so again, I want us to think, what, what, you don't think it matters how you treat people? It absolutely does, right? It's really what Paul's trying to say right there. And then he goes on to say, remember, we will all. Somebody say all. Somebody say all. That's everybody. We will all stand before the judgment seat of God. So here's what I want us to understand, that you and I are going to stand in front of God, that we're going to have our day in court, and you're going to have this moment where it's just you and where it's God. And in the Bible, quotes the Bible, and I love it when it does this, right? It's what it says in verse 11. It says, for the scripture says, as surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee. Somebody say every. Every knee will bend to me. Every tongue will declare allegiance to God. So this is what I want us to understand. It's important that you're on the right side of that equation, okay? Everybody agree with that? It's important that you and I are on the right team when that happens, when everybody, every knee, every tongue, every knee of every politician, every knee of every religion, of every person, everywhere is going to go, oh my goodness, Jesus really was God. That Jesus is really the way, that he really is the truth, that he really is alive. And listen, y'all, it's going to be awesome. All right, it's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. But I just want to make sure and prepare you to be on the right side of that happening. Okay, and that's part of my job, part of my, my heart for our church. And in verse 12, it says this, Yes, each one of you will give, each one of us will give a personal account to God. So you and I are going to have that day, that we're going to have this test that takes place as we stand before God. And I want to make sure that our eyes are on the right things in the middle of that. And I, I, I talked about, obviously, the, the eye test. How many of y'all, when it comes to school, did you not, are you probably, some of you are still in school, some of you can't even remember how long it's been since you've been in school, right? But like, how many of y'all hated tests? Anybody out there? Anybody just cannot stand tests? Yeah, I'm the same way. Like whenever I would get a test, I would study, I would do all the work, I would do all the homework. I tried to, I see some boys in the back be like, yeah, that's me. All right, yeah, I'm with you, bros. Like I don't like tests, all right? Like like, like I, I, this idea of whenever I would come up to a test, I, again, I would do the studying and I would get to the, like the actual test and I don't know about y'all, but I'd freeze up. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody get that? I mean, just, just a, I, I don't know if I can say this, a brain fart, all right? Like just right there in the middle of the, like right in the middle of the test. And what happens is, I mean, what would be, begin to happen is my palms will be sweaty, my knees weak, my arms are heavy, there's vomit. Sorry, that's the prophet Eminem, not really, okay. But like, that's what would happen to me when it comes to tests. I hated them, couldn't stand them. Like I, I would know the stuff and then I would fail the test. Like, I just couldn't stand it. And I got to college, and uh, I made it through uh, high school, and I had a great GPA. Thank God for extra credit, right, and all that kind of stuff. But got to college. How many of you know in college that a lot of it is tests, right? A lot of it is, okay, you have to apply what you know, okay? And I, when I get in those tests, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I don't remember nothing. Like, I, that looks foreign to me. And your boy has a mechanical engineering degree. Come on, somebody. They can't take it away from me. It took me six years, but I got the thing. Come on, right? They can't take it from me. And praise God, I'm not a mechanical engineer. I'm just going to tell you all. Like, I know you all are like, really? You? Yes. I really went to school for mechanical engineering. But I remember I studied, like, for chemistry and physics and all these crazy classes. And we had a, actually had a, a calculus professor that his name, uh, oh, my goodness, Mr. Jason, uh, Dr. Jason. Um, and he actually, what he would do is what I, I would be bombing some of the tests at the very beginning, right? The tests, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've studied. I've done the homework. Like, what's the deal? Come 
come to find out that what Mr. Jason would do would actually he would take and he would upload all of his former tests online. And uh, so I, I'll just tell you, I got a C in calculus one in college. And so what I found out was, okay, I'm going to go back. He would upload all of his old tests. And so what he would do is he would upload them. He wouldn't necessarily ask the same questions, but I would see how the question would be phrased. I would see how it was going to go. I'd see how he was going to grade. He would put his rubric on there. This is how I grade. This is the answer key. It's online. And once your boy found that out, y'all, game on. Here we go. I got a C in Calc 1, but I'm here to tell you by the grace of God and some luck, I got an A in Calc 2, 3, and 4. Lord, help us. Come on, somebody, right? I got an A. And I'm like, what in the world? So, so, so what I want us to understand is I, I didn't know the exact content that was going to be on the test, but I knew how the test was going to go. I knew that the test was going to be this way. He was going to kind of keep it a lot of the same. He was going to ask some of the same questions with just with a different equation. And so I began to study that, and I was prepared as I went into that test. So I believe it to be the same thing when it comes to your spiritual walk, when it comes to your life, like this idea that when it comes to you standing before God, listen, I don't know the exact language that's going to come at us with. I don't know the exact things that he's going to ask. I don't know the content perfectly. I don't know how it's going to go down. I don't know if we're all going to be in like a single file line, and then you're going to hear a voice, Dustin McLean. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm coming. You know, I don't know how it's going to go down. I don't have any idea how it's going to go, but I want to help you test well. I want to help you figure this out. And I don't know how that's going to work. I don't know what it's going to look like. But I do know this, that there are going to be two types of judgments coming your way. There's going to be two judgments. And most people don't know this, but there are two judgments that are going to happen. And it's a two-question test. Then I want to give you the best gift I possibly could is by showing you a little bit of what I think is going to be on that test. All right, everybody okay with that? So that when you get there, when you have this day, because you will have this day, that you will be prepared, ready to give a good answer. So the question number one, if everybody's ready for it, say, I'm ready. Okay, when you stand before God, I believe the first question is going to be something like this, not word for word, but it's going to be like this. What did you do with Jesus? So the first question, when you and I stand before God in eternity, he's going to ask us, hey, what did you do with Jesus? So God is going to say, hey, you know what I want you to know? I sent my son on a rescue mission to pay for your sins. Like I know everybody has sinned. Everybody's fallen short. He gave his life for you. And all I wanted in return wasn't perfection. It wasn't your church attendance. I wanted your life in return. Like I wanted the sin that you had in your life. I wanted you to exchange that for the life that Jesus offered you. I wanted that for you. And, and again, what did you do with that? All you have to do is just receive that. What did you do with Jesus? And unfortunately, what I know according to Scripture is that unfortunately a lot of people are going to get this answer wrong. The majority is not getting this answer right. Because the Bible tells us that, hey, guess what? Narrow is the way that leads to life. Wide is the way that leads to destruction. So to me, that tells me, you know what? Not everybody's getting, not even the majority is getting this answer to this question right. And so my job as your pastor is to warn you. My job as your pastor is to say, this answer, this question is coming to you. What did you do with Jesus? And again, what I want us to know, again, when people don't answer this question right, there is this place that we talked about 
about just a few weeks ago when we said heaven and hell are real places. And I want us to understand that hell is not a place where God people like God sends people that he's mad at. Oh, I can't stand you. Go ahead, get on out of my presence. That's not how God is. But what I want you to understand, all sins are going to have to be paid for. And unfortunately, most people are going to pay for their own sins in a place called hell apart from God. And what I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to get you to understand is that's not how it has to be, right? And there's this thing called the great white throne judgment. Anybody ever heard of that before? Come on, wave at me if you have. If you haven't, okay, we're going to talk about it really quick. That's what this great white throne judgment, we see in Revelation right here, it describes it, and it says everybody's going to be there. Somebody say everybody. Everybody's going to be there. This is what the Bible says. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who is seated on it, the earth and the heavens, fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books, somebody say books, plural, was op- were open. Books were open. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. And listen, y'all, that's the coolest one, right? That's the best one. That's the one that you want your name to be in. We'll talk about it in a second. The dead were judged according to what they had, had done as recorded in the books, plural, okay? So what I want us to understand really quick is there's books out there, or there's going to be books at the great white throne judgment that have everything that you and I have ever done written in them. Okay, I want us to see that. All of our sins are recorded in this book. And for me, that's a lot of books. Come on, somebody, right? I think all of us can agree that we've all seen it, we've all fallen short. And the dead, the Bible says, were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Here's what I want us to understand. You do not want that to happen. Okay, like we do not want that to happen. You don't want to be judged according to what's written in those books. I want to be judged by what's written in the other book, and that is the Lamb's book of life, right? So the Lamb's book of life is where Jesus goes to the other books and says, you know what, Dustin, oh, all of these things that are page after page after page, you know what I get to do? I get to blot them out. I get to erase them. I get to say as far as the east is from the west, I don't even remember all the things that are in that books, those books, and I'm going to put Dustin's name over here in the Lamb's book of life. That's what I'm going to do. So, so again, when the books are open, when they open them up, and they say, okay, man, I can't find Dustin anywhere in here. Like, where is he? Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's because he's in this other book. Let me, let me check in there. Oh, oh, yeah, there it is. All right, listen, this is a big deal for all of us, right? So what I want us to understand is that, that we got to get that question to the test right. What did you do with Jesus? And listen to me. This is an everybody judgment. This is an everybody question. This is a grace judgment. Listen to me. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't go to church enough. You can't be good enough. You can't be nice enough. You can't give enough. You can't be baptized enough. You can't remember enough for scripture. It is all about Jesus. And if you gave your life to him, what he does, he erases all the mistakes in the books and he writes your name in the Lamb's book of life. Come on. Is there anybody excited? Is there anybody thankful that he would be with? That sounds like you're sort of thankful. I'm one is there anybody that's really thankful that he blotted out all of our sins? Come on, I love that. I'm so thankful for that. And I want to just help us get this answer right. I want to help us get this question right again. Dustin, you may be thinking, Dustin, how in the world do I get my name in that book? 
Right? I don't want those other books to be what I'm judged by. How do I get my name in the book, the one that matters? Well, Jesus talks about it himself. He talks about it in Matthew chapter 7. He says it like this, Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Also, he says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, performed many miracles in your name. What's that mean? We did a lot of church stuff, right? We showed up. We were doing the thing. We looked like we had the part on the outside. But watch what it says. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who breaks God's law. You want to know why we say on the weekend that we want Purpose Church to be known for? Know Jesus. That's why we say that. Because every single week we want to introduce you to the life-changing, life-giving grace that Jesus offers. And again, it's a great answer. It's the best answer to this question of what did you do with my son Jesus? And again, I want you to know that word no that he uses there is an intimate no. It's the same no that, that, that the Bible actually uses for Joseph never knew Mary before they were married. All right, so, so there's an intimacy there. It's not just a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. It's something that says, you know what, I didn't just sing about him. I didn't just have a book about him. I didn't just go to a building that, that would sing to him. I loved him. He was my friend. He was the one I would go to. He was the priority relationship that I committed my life to. So here I am today going to give you the answer to that first question. If you're ready for the answer, say, I'm ready. Here's what you do. What did you do with Jesus? You know what your answer should be? And it's not like something you could write on your hand and when you get to heaven you'd be like, mm, this is the right answer. No, no, no. It's your life that responds this way. It's your heart that responds this way. And it's this. I had a personal relationship with Jesus. That I had a personal relationship with Jesus. And some of you, listen to me, some of you need to do that today. Just like my friend that was sitting right over there in the first service did. Right? Today, that you need to make that decision. You don't have to join this church in order to do that. Listen to me, you, don't, you need to give your life to Jesus today. Otherwise, here's the thing, you're going to have to pay for your own sins apart from God in a place called hell, and that would be a tragedy since Jesus has already gone to the cross and paid for them for you. All you have to do is accept it. What did you do with my son, Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? I had a personal relationship with him. Listen to me, if you and I get that answer correct, Right, if we correctly answer that, if we correctly say, hey, you know what, I knew Jesus, I had Jesus in my life, he was my Savior, he was my Lord. Listen, what happens is next, it's a party because you're going into heaven. Come on, somebody, right? It's going to be a good, you, you are welcomed in, there is a welcome party. There is a you made it sign that, I was holding, that we were holding outside out front. You made it to heaven. Come on, anybody looking forward to that day? That's going to be a good one, right? You made it. You made it. So that's good. I want us to understand the first judgment determines your eternal destiny. The first judgment determines that. Here's what I want us to know, though. There is a second judgment for people that know Jesus. And I know you may have never heard it this way. You may have never heard talked about it. But it's for those that go to heaven. In theology, this is called the judgment seat of Christ. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. So this next question, listen to me, does not determine your eternal destiny. It's not a grace judgment. Right, that was the first question. What did you do with my son Jesus? What did you do with Jesus? Like, what did you do with him? That's a grace thing that you cannot earn. You cannot uh, be good enough. You cannot do all of that, right? That's the first question. But the second one is not a grace judgment. It is a works judgment. So what will happen is Jesus will inspect our works. He's going to ask you and I, hey, what did you do with the resources that God gave you? How faithful were we? And I don't know if the words may be exactly this way or maybe not, but here's the next question. If you're ready for question number two, when you get to eternity, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. 
Here's what it's going to be, something like. It's going to be like this. What did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I gave you? Okay, so what I want us to see again. Now, since you're going to get asked that question, I have the responsibility as your pastor to let you know what that answer should be as well, how you can live that out. What are you going to do with what I gave you? And look at what the Bible has to say. Once you get into heaven, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Different judgment. Okay? So like this is for people that know Jesus, that are in heaven. Different judgment. So that each of us may receive what is due us. Dustin, are you saying that something's going to be given to me at this point? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anybody like gifts? Come on, wave at me if you do. Anybody out there? Come on, I know all of y'all in this room like gifts. Come on, who like gifts? Come on, wave at me. Some of y'all are like, no, I don't need. Yeah, you do. We all like gifts, right? We all like a reward. We all like to be said, hey, hey, good job. You did a good job, man. Thank you, right? We all, we all love that. Well, here's the deal. The Bible uses the Greek word, which is apodidomai. Apodidomai, which means I want to pay you back for the way that you lived your life, is what Jesus is ultimately saying. He's saying, I want to pay you back for the way that you lived your life. For the things done, the Bible says, while in the body, whether good or bad. In fact, Jesus is so pumped up about this. Look at what it says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Look. Somebody say, look. Eyes, you got to have them open. you got to have them on eternity. We're going to test our eyes today. Look, I'm coming soon. Bring in my reward. Bring in the party. Bring in the gifts with me, right, to repay all according to their deeds. Did you know that the God that you serve is a rewarder? He rewards obedience when you are willing to say yes to him when he asks you to say yes. When he says no, when you, when you hear him say no and you say no to that, he is a rewarder of that. It may not be here on this earth, but it's going to be in eternity. I want us to see that. He wants to pay you back for the way that you lived your life. I can show a dozen verses about this, but here's just one. Matthew 16, verse 27 says this, For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. And now you're probably thinking, whoa, 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 I'm a little confused. Wait a minute. You said you keep talking about grace, you keep talking about free, it's free, it's all a gift, it's all Jesus, but then there's these other the verses that are talking about works and how my life matters. Yes, not for heaven, you cannot earn that, that is all Jesus, all grace through faith, read Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 this week, go home and read it. All grace through faith in Jesus, all right? For by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not of ourselves. We can't boast about it, it's what the Bible says, right? So I want us to understand that. That's the, like, like, listen, I want you to get that. But once you are in heaven, listen to me, how you live your life matters. How you lived your life matters. And so you're going to want to say something like this. So the first question, what did you do with my son Jesus? I had a personal relationship with Jesus, right? I knew him. I knew him personally. I said yes to his forgiveness, right? That's the answer to the first one. Question number two is, hey, what did you do with what I gave you? If you are a Christ follower, this is a question for you. Once you are in heaven, here's the response I hope that we all can say. Here's the thing I want us all to be able to say is this. I made a difference for Jesus. That I made a difference for Jesus. That I lived in such a way that I realized that my life was not all about me while I was on earth. That I lived in such a way that I'm going to say, you know what, that before Jesus, my whole life was about finding Jesus so that I wouldn't have to pay for my own sins. But once I found Jesus, my whole life is about making a difference for Jesus in the lives of others. 
That's what we're called to do. Like, like I, I, I've got, I got to figure out this short amount of time that I have left here on this earth, these 78 years, 72 years, whatever it might be, if that's how long I make it, how can I use that to make an impact and make a difference for Jesus? And here's what I know is that you and I are not going to make a, a difference just by coasting along and not being intentional. I felt like the Lord put that, that literally that word on my heart this week of the word intentional. Somebody say intentional. That it is a choice that you have to make. There is an intentional choice that you and I have to make if we are going to leave a legacy and make a difference on this earth for Jesus for eternity. Everybody good with that? I got three things. Can you all handle that? We're going to land the plane in seven minutes and 41 seconds real quick. All right? Everybody okay? All right, here we go. Yes, there's a clock back there. Everybody's like, is there? yeah, right there. Okay, cool. Um, but here's the deal. We're going to land it on three, okay? You want to make a difference in your life? you got three things you got to do. Everybody okay? Everybody ready? Say, I'm ready. Number one, give what you have. you got to choose to give what you have. Now listen to me. This is what Winston Churchill said. He said, we make a living by what we get. We make a life, I would say, legacy by what we give. So I, I think that's powerful because here's what I want us to know. God is not going to hold you accountable. What did you do with what I gave you? He's not going to hold you accountable for what he gave somebody else. Okay? He's not going to hold me accountable for another church that I'm, that, that I'm not leading. I'm accountable for you. I want to be accountable for you. He's not going to, he's, the things that I, I have in my life that say, you know what? God, you gave them to me. I, what, what did I do? with what God gave me. He's not going to hold you and I accountable for something he gave somebody else. So I would encourage you all in this room, listen, and I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about your whole life. Like your whole life, like the breath that you have in your lungs right now. Listen to me. Give it all to Jesus. That you and I wouldn't pursue things that we're not following Jesus. You know what? You got arms right now? Hug somebody. Come on, somebody. You got hands? High five your neighbor right now sitting next to you. Go ahead, just let them know. Love you, love you, love you. Go ahead. High five them, let them know. Listen, you got thumbs? Why don't you text somebody and let them know how much you appreciate them, how much God loves them, how much God has called them. Like, you got to use what you have. God is not asking you to use what other people have. He's asking you to use what you have. You've got the rest of 2022. I've got the rest of 2022. How are we going to use it so that my life answers that question of I made a difference for Jesus? I would just ask all of us to ask that. Again, listen to me. Generations that came before us don't have what we have now, and there is a responsibility that comes with that. There's a responsibility that comes with that. Look at what 2 Corinthians 9 verse 11 says. It says this, you will be made rich in every way. And you're like, Dustin, I can barely afford to pay attention. What you mean rich, all right? That's for the ADHD people in the room, all right, sorry. But like, like you're, you're thinking, you know, I can barely afford my, my light bill. I can barely afford my phone bill. What do you mean you're made rich? I, I'm not rich. Listen, I know this may sound offensive. I don't let it be because it's my heart. But I want us to know that we live in the United States of America, and we are one of the richest countries in all of the world because we just live here. Literally, there's people around the world that live on less than a dollar a day. A dollar a day. And I pay $7 for an iced caramel latte with almond milk. Come on, somebody, right? Right? 
I want us to see something, that we're made rich in every way, that you've been made rich, listen, with encouragement. You've been made rich with smiles. You've been made rich with money. You've been made rich with time. You've been made rich with ideas, with cars, with houses, with swimming pools. Invite us over. Your abilities, your guitar, your kids. You have been blessed. You've been made rich in every way. Why? Watch. So that you can be generous on every occasion. So you and I can be generous. I'm not talking about what you don't have. I'm talking about what you do have. You've been made rich, listen, in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And watch this. Watch this. This is why we give what we have. This is why we say, God, we're going to do this. You know why? Because watch. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You know what that means? That because you're willing to give what you have, that you're willing to say, God, you can have what I have in my, in my life. I'm giving it to you. I'm trusting you. I'm giving it all to you. Because of that, people are going to know Jesus. Because of that, I, I want to shout out our serve team. Listen to me, serve team. Listen, I want to tell you, because you show up early, you stay late, you write cards, you rock babies, you do all of these things, you worship, you lead, you serve, you do all of that. Guess what? In the last seven days, four people's eternities have been changed forever because you were willing to be obedient to say, I'm going to give what I have. Come on, if we're thankful for that, come on, can we give Jesus a big shout? Like, I never want that to grow, like, old on us. That four people walked in this place dead in their sin, hopeless, had no look outlook for eternity, and walked out of this place forever changed for all of eternity, and they have received eternal life because of what Jesus did for them on the cross. May we never stop celebrating that. May we never be people that say, oh, that's not a big deal. It's a big stinking deal, and it always will be in this church because when one person comes to Jesus, faith in Jesus, guess what? All of heaven parties, and so we're going to party. And I just want to tell you, serve team member, person that gives here to Purpose Church. Listen to me. Because of your generosity, because you're willing to do that, guess what? Four people in the last seven days have experienced eternal life. I'm so thankful. Let us not grow tired of that. Let us not grow weary of that. Again, you'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Again, let's live full and let's die empty. Right? I don't, I don't want to just get to the end of my life and man, be like, man, I have more to give. I have more to give to the church. I have more to give to my family. I have more to give to my kids. I'm not talking about finances. I'm talking about life. I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about life. I have more to give. My services, my time, my talent, my treasure. Let's not get to the end of our life and have a reserve left there. That we, Man, I wish I would have done that. No, no, no. Let's make a difference for Jesus right now. And let's say, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to invest in the eternal stuff. We're going to look at eternity. We're going to keep eyes on eternity. Again, a few practical ways that we can become to give what we have. I want to encourage you, become a percentage giver. Allie and I do this every month. We sit down, we know what's coming in on our finances, and we say, hey, we're going to give a tenth. That's what a tithe means, if you may have never heard that before. So we're going to give a tithe, a tenth of what we, we know is coming in or thinks coming in. And we're going to give a little bit above that, an offering above that. But, but become a percentage giver. There will be no pressure for you to do that. I want you to understand. Start at 1%. I just want you to start. So I want you just to see and experience when you give what you have, watch as God will take that and your obedience and he will bless that. I'm not saying that you're going to I, I hate that all, that stuff where it talks about, oh, you give $100, you sow $100, you get $1,000. Lord Jesus. No, nobody's talking like that. 
I'm not pressuring you. No, I want you to just know how good it is just to be faithful to what God has called you to do. Just become a percentage giver. Next week is our legacy offering. One time a year we give above and beyond what our normal tithes and offerings are. One time a year to advance the vision and mission and vision of this church. Like here's the thing. I want us to know and I want to just challenge some of us in the room. Like a lot of that, I feel it in my spirit that, I'm, it, that we're going to give a, a big old portion of that away to our community. I know I talked about it week one, some other areas. But like I just, I feel like it just needs to be just all outside of these walls. Because God will take care of all that other stuff. And so as you give, just know that we're just believing that God is going to use that to make much of him. That we get to make a difference for Jesus. And in Acts of Kindness cards, um, on your way out at the um, um, Connect Corner, these are these things that we'll have our, our team out there that we would love to give you a handful of them. Uh, just something extra to show you that Jesus loves you, and so do we on the back. All right? I would encourage you to take as many of those as you can. And when you're in Starbucks, you're inside. You know what you do? Pay for the person's coffee that's like right behind you in line, hand them that card, and watch them stroke out not knowing what to do. Okay? Like they're going to not know what to do. You know why, though? You were obedient to say, God, I've got a little extra in this, this little part of my life. I've, I've been strategic with it. I've been intentional with it, and I'm going to give what I have. All right, everybody good? Everybody good? Okay, number two. And we're going to land a plane really quickly now. We're minus 33 seconds. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Not only are we, we going to be intentional about what we give, I'm going to give what I have. Number two, I'm going to love and serve others. I'm going to love and serve others. I'm, I, I probably would add this clause on there that may not look like me, may not act like me, may not believe like me, may not vote like me. I'm going to love and serve others. I think if we want to make a difference for Jesus, we make this a priority. Love and serve others. Why, why do I say that? Jesus said it. Matthew chapter 22. Jesus is being asked, hey, what's the two greatest things in all of the law? Like, what do I need to do, Jesus? If you could sum it, just dumb it down. I'm an old boy from Kentucky. If you could just dumb it down, Jesus, what would you let me know? Jesus says this. Watch what he says. Listen. He said, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's the answer to the first question. Do we see that? That's the question. That's the answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then watch what he says. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I just want to challenge our church. Would we be a church that says, you know what? We are going to do whatever it takes to love and serve people. A way that we could do that over the next few weeks, first of all, today, stay after for next, right after the end of the service. Just stay after for a few minutes, and I would love to show you how on a serve team here at Purpose Church that you can love and serve somebody that may not look like you, act like you, talk like you, believe like you. Right? We'll talk about that today. But even, even more so than that, maybe you mind hand me that? Stay with me. Okay, sorry. Here in a couple of weeks, we do this every year. But I want you to know this is um, an orange bag that we love being a part of in our community. Because what we do is we take this bag and we stuff it full of stuff. Like full of stuff. Needline here in town needs some help around Thanksgiving and Christmas. And we're going to be a church that says, you know what we're going to do? We're going to love and serve people. So next Sunday, we're going to give these orange bags out. We got 400 of them. I hope, we are all, I hope they're all gone. I hope every one of them's gone. Take this for you, every one of your kids, every one of your family. Like, like let's, and what we're going to ask you to do is just fill it up with some certain items that Needline needs. And let's love and serve people that may not look like us, talk like us, act like us, believe like us, or even know our name of our church. I could care less. Yeah, the, I mean, if they missed that, that's you know, right there. But it doesn't matter. 
right? Let's be people that say, hey, you know what? We're going to love and serve other people. Like, let the, let's, let's be practical. Let's be real intentional. Serve others. Again, maybe you've been coming for a little bit, and you say, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with you catching your breath, and just kind of just, okay, hey, man, I've been in the game for a long time, or I got hurt, or I'm whatever. I just need to kind of catch my breath a little bit. I'm all for that. But if you've been around a little bit, I think it's time for you to jump in the game. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Right? I want to use the gifts and the talents and the abilities that I have to go out and make a difference for Jesus. And then the last thing, we'll talk about this, and this will be it, and we're going to just respond while we worship. Here's what I'm going to ask us to do. If we want to make a difference for Jesus, number one, give what I have. Number two, we're going to go out there. We're going to love and serve other people. Number three, preach Jesus with my life and my lips. I don't want to be just a church that says that we love Jesus. Jesus is our point and not live like it. So I feel like, the, again, the Holy Spirit is just encouraging me to encourage you, not just with Sunday morning, but with Sunday afternoon through Saturday night. Okay? I'm not just going to say, oh, I went to church today, look at me. No, no, no. Listen, we really want to make a difference for Jesus. we got to be different. If we're not willing to be different, we can't make a difference. So you're in this room and you say, you know what? I want to make a difference for Jesus. Let's preach Jesus with my lips. Why? Because we are Christ's ambassadors, the Bible says. That listen, God is making his appeal through us. That's what we get to do. We get to tell other people about Jesus. And then I read this to you a few weeks ago. But I want this to be said of us. I want to live my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know Jesus want to know Jesus because they know me. I'll say it one more time. I want to live my life to be so attractive, or I want my life to be so attractive that people who know me but don't know Jesus will want to know Jesus because they know me. i got to just be honest. How many of us would that be said of us right now? So let's just be people that preach Jesus with our lives and our lips. Let's be people that serve and love people. Let's be people that give God what we have. And it starts, first of all, today with your heart. It starts with your heart all over this room maybe in this place and you've never given your heart to Jesus here listen to me we've all sinned we've all messed up we've all got stuff that have we fallen short and it separates us from God and again as we've talked about today I don't want you to pay for your own sin for eternity you don't have to it's not the only option the better the true option the way that yeah, you and, and, and I can experience eternal life is with Jesus and what he did for us on the cross if you will believe in that put your faith in that. The Bible says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. So maybe you're in here and you've never done that before. Today's the day. I'll tell you, today's the day. Just like my friend in the first service on this side, today's the day. Maybe for some of us in the room, we need to get these, these last three things right. We already know Jesus, but let's respond. Let's be able to respond. Let's be able to get to heaven. And when we have that second question come our way, we be able to say with confidence, you know what I did? I, give, I gave what I had, God. I didn't, I didn't give what everybody else had. I gave what I had. I served and loved people. And I preached Jesus with my life and lips. And I just want us to be said of that. And as your pastor, I'm, 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 let's go together. Like, let's go. And here in just a second, we're going to respond by singing, you can have my heart. And I want you, we, we don't really have done this before a whole lot. Like, I'm going to open up all of this down here. Maybe you're sitting there and you're like, whoa, I've never come down and prayed before. I've never done anything. Like, we're going to have some prayer team members on either side. 
Maybe you, some of us need to just come and just lay our life down. Say, God, I'm giving you what I have. We're going, I'm going to sacrifice on the altar of worship today. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're in here and you've never responded to the gospel, here's what I'm going to ask you. Would you respond to that today? Would you say yes to Jesus today? The Bible says if we'll confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, that we will be saved. If that's you and you need to do that today, here's what I'm going to ask you. I'm going to lead you in just a prayer of repentance. I'm going to lead you in just a prayer of asking for forgiveness, for Jesus to come in your life. It doesn't have to be word for word, but I want you to mean it in your heart. Say something like this. Dear Jesus, would you come in my life? Would you save me? Would you forgive me? I trust in you. Put my faith in you. Put my hope in you. I want you to be the Lord of my life. I give you my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. Save me today, Jesus. In Jesus' name. And maybe you prayed that. Maybe you prayed something like it. Here's what I want to do. I'm going to ask you if you're in this room. I didn't ask in the first service to raise your hand. I'm not going to do it in this service because this is what I want you to know. Is that some of you in the room need to take a step today. I think whether you know Jesus or whether you don't, whether you just started a relationship with Jesus, that we need to take a step in what God has called us to today.